the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, welcome back. Monday, February 5th, 2024. I am Seth Liebson. I see Mr. Bill over there nodding in agreement. I see young David. David Dahl, my producer in front of me, and Terry behind him. I've often pointed out, as good as Bill Maher can be on some of our issues, he cannot escape the predestination of the scorpion on the frog, the mouse carried by the frog, the monkey in the wrench, depending on whether you prefer the Russian morality tale, the Aesopian or Die Hard. In other words, in even-numbered years, Bill Maher is not the same as in odd-numbered years. Elections have a way of clarifying commentary. And so this weekend, he put it to a guest that, quote, Donald Trump, of course, is even more demented and full of dementia than Joe Biden. But they're around the same, close quote. When he was pushed on this, the discussion was about Trump confusing the names Nancy Pelosi and Nikki Haley in a speech. And it's true. It did happen once. Without sounding overly defensive, though, who among us hasn't done something like that? Continue. Confused names. Harold Bloom, the literary critic, and Alan Bloom. Diane Feinstein and Barbara Boxer, when they were both serving in the Senate together. Christopher Hitchens and Douglas Murray. Leo Strauss and Bernard Levy Strauss. Charles Murray, Charles Krauthammer. Hugh Hewitt and Hugh Hallman. I do it all the time. I should also like to reemphasize Donald Trump did this once compared to every single time with Joe Biden, who as recently as last week was once again telling grieving families he lost a son in Iraq when he did not. Bill Maher then went on to say Joe Biden is actually doing fine and the country is doing pretty well. When the objection was raised again, Afghanistan was the first bill of indictment and Bill Maher said that was not really Joe Biden's fault. Really? Who made the call to withdraw as and when we did? History does not reveal its alternatives, said A.J.B. Taylor, but President Trump, whatever plans on paper existed, did not do that and cost 13 American lives and the entire country of Afghanistan the price of the Taliban. It is odd and worth noting that the Biden defense team has looked around and around at every Trump policy and found one and only one they justify and rely upon. His draft plan for Afghanistan that he did not ultimately himself execute, but they did. The obvious reason for this is that it was a failure Joe Biden did not want to accept. After all, he called the Afghanistan exit an extraordinary success. His words, which is about as true as saying, Bo Biden died in Iraq. The crucial point about Maher and Biden and residually Trump is this. Many of us conservatives delighted over the soundness of Marr and his reasoning last year, especially since October 7th. But October 7th could only come with the signals sent by the appeasement of Iran and the Taliban, including the enriching of the former with hard cash, just as the invasion of Ukraine could only come after the same. 
Those are three major countries with major inflection points and meanings, including our allyship, that either were brutally attacked or absorbed by enemies of civilization and allies of civilization abuse. The malfeasance and all that is Joe Biden's, or really those willing to prop him up, which includes outside commentators who have the capacity to know better. There is one professor in the Wall Street Journal today from Georgetown, John Hasness, who writes the following, quote, It is fair to say that the former President Trump is a threat to constitutional government. He has no understanding of the separation of powers and thinks Article 2 would authorize him to do whatever he wants. He seems unaware of the limitations the Bill of Rights places on the powers of the federal government and has no conception of an independent judiciary. It is also fair to say he goes on that Mr. Trump is a threat to the rule of law. He believes he can instruct the Justice Department to prosecute his political opponents. He has no problem ignoring judicial decisions when they go against him and has mused about being a dictator for a day. And it is fair to say that Mr. Trump is a threat to prosperity. He, his plan to impose 10% across-the-board tariffs, which American consumers would have to pay without reforming entitlement spending, will make us all poor and increase the deficit. Long quote. I close it there. It's an odd thing to write. For Sari Autumn, Joe Biden has actively violated the Bill of Rights, especially the First Amendment, and used the Department of Justice to coerce prior restraint in keeping Americans from speaking at school board meetings while using every other apparatus of government to pressure censorship of speech via social media platforms. As for an independent judiciary, aside from tolerating illegal protests in front of conservative justices' homes and ignoring an assassination attempt against one of them, he has allowed the leaking of unfavorable Supreme Court opinions and allowed his party to disrupt hearings on the appointment of conservative justices with reckless abandon, while the leader in the Senate verbally threatened two of them by name at a rally in front of the Supreme Court. Was it really Donald Trump? who used or allowed to be used his Justice Department to target his political opponent? Or was that Joe Biden's and Merrick Garland's Department of Justice that raided their opponent's home and indicted their opponent on multiple counts, including espionage? As for threat to prosperity, accepting that dread year of 2020, Donald Trump's average GDP was about 2.8%. That is roughly the same as under Joe Biden's, but Biden's growth comes from egressing out of the dread year of 2020. Poverty tells a different story, as does inflation. The poverty rate under Donald Trump shrank two points from under Barack Obama and is a full point lower than under Joe Biden. Inflation, which is a conclusion of spending, five times higher under Joe Biden. Real disposable income, $2,000 less under Joe Biden than Donald Trump, And that taking into account the dread year of 2020. How does one get to write then that Donald Trump is the greater threat on all these indicia, given these indicia? Well, as George Orwell put it three years before he wrote his novel or published his novel 1984, quote, political language is designed to make lies sound truthful and murder respectable and to give an appearance of solidity to pure wind, close quote. But in that novel that would come three years later, after contemplating the abuse of words for political ends, Orwell would write this, quote, when memory failed and written records were falsified, when that happened, the claim of the party, capital P, to have improved the conditions of human life had to be accepted. 
because there did not exist and never again could exist any standard against which it could be tested. This is to say, if you perpetuate a lie long enough and do so by reshaping the real meaning of words, you can shape language and then thought in the political direction the party, capital P, wants. As we watch out for this, it can change a country and a culture at home as much as abroad. The New York Times yesterday had a major piece on the redefining of the word sober, just when we could all use probably a little more sobriety with its original intent, be it intellectual or substance abusing. Our new dictionary covers, it seems, so many areas, from the justice involved, who used to be incarcerated or convicts, to the unparented, to the corruption, worse inversion of words like liberation and terrorism. War is peace. Slavery is freedom. Ignorance is strength. We know that from that novel, don't we? But we have it now here again, almost as if that novel was an instruction or a policy and procedure manual rather than a warning. Not only was Afghanistan an extraordinary success, and not only is the border secure, and not only would vaccines prevent illness and death, but also speech is violence, and violence is mostly peaceful, and peacefully and patriotically marching is insurrection, and gender Changing is gender-affirming, and keeping hands off a body is having clinicians operate in your body, and wanting those hands off the body is putting hands on it, just as colorblindness is racism and discrimination is anti-racism, and voter suppression means more voters voting, and build back better means higher gas prices for your car, and food shortages for your babies, and tampon shortages for women, or Perhaps, I guess, menstruating men. It's time to say it again, and I hope you'll say it with me. Let's make Orwell fiction again. I'm Seth Liebson, 602 We'll be right back. You know where they will play that song, probably? Where? At the Dirty Drummer. Our new favorite place. Our new favorite place, absolutely. You were there Saturday night for a Merle Haggard thing or something? Oh, yes, I was. I saw a Merle Haggard tribute, and Norm Hamlet was playing the steel guitar, and Norm Hamlet was in the original Merle Haggard band. No kidding. His history goes back to the late 40s when he opened for Hank Williams Sr. No kidding. And he was part of the Merle Haggard band and carried on in that role for about 50 years. Was it fun? So we had a uh, 89-year-old on stage. Was it fun? Oh, yeah, it was great. I don't know what I was expecting. I mean, most of the hairs in the audience were gray, but yeah. it was uh, it was a very good concert. Yeah. I had some tasty chicken wings and enjoyed it. Too. You always get their chicken wings. I love the you? chicken wings, and you have to get them grilled. And, you, uh, yeah, they... I, had, I had great help. From uh, a nice waitress who yeah. uh, I introduced you to on Friday. Isabella. Her name was Isabella. And yeah. we'd like to uh, give her great uh, commendations yeah. for her service officially from yeah. the Seth Leapson You show. can go out with the Jimmy Buffett song called Changing Channels, which talks about Isabella. Huh? You can yeah. go out with a Jimmy Buffett song called Changing Channels. Why which... do I get the feeling that wasn't a request? <laughs> I, you can, I said. It's permissive. It mentions Isabella. Um, the border security bill, obviously, is going to be big news, although I wonder if it will be big news in a week. 
You know, supposedly, I said this would happen. Mr. Bill, you'll remember. I said that the standoff between the Biden administration and Governor Abbott was going to disappear. Oh, my gosh. For 48 hours, this was hand-wringing over a new civil war. And I said, this is not going to be a story come Monday. Come Monday, it'll be all right. Because there is no way in Hades that the Biden administration wants footage of cutting down border security, border wire, concertina wire, border border blockades. They, 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 They don't want that right upon the release that they just had the worst month of uh, illegal immigration coming across our border that they released two days prior to that? And when's the last time you heard about this civil war between the Biden administration and the state of Texas? You haven't. And the reason I suspect you will not hear about this is precisely because, as Mike Johnson said, the Speaker of the House, it's it's dead on arrival, and all the important senators... Uh, all the ones whose names you know <laughs> who are Republican are already against it. You know, it's, 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 it's not going. Now, here's where I think James Lankford really did us a disfavor, to put it no stronger. There is one use for this piece of legislation that will not get passed. There's one use for it. Do you know what it is? It is going to give the Biden administration and particularly Karen Jean-Pierre the talking point that we had bipartisan legislation crafted in the Senate, but those radicals in the House wouldn't do it. So they're the ones to blame for border security. Yes, they are the ones to blame. That is what this will be used for every time illegal immigration or the border is brought up. And, you know, so much greater the shame that James Lankford was part and parcel of it. But you have Tom Cotton saying on Twix today, the bill gives Secretary Mayorkas the right for the first time to grant asylum claims to illegal aliens at the border without review by the immigration courts, which will be a massive pathway to rubber stamping amnesty. The bill codifies catch and release uh, um, under so-called alternatives to detention for any alien who says they intend to to apply for asylum or another protection. The bill gives immediate work permits to everyone who says they want asylum as long as they pass an initial screening by liberal bureaucrats. This will be a huge magnet for more illegal immigration. I'm still quoting Tom Cotton. The bill grants 50,000 extra green cards per year for no apparent reason and entirely unrelated to border security. The bill also guarantees new government-funded lawyers for illegal aliens. And despite all this, the bill doesn't limit Biden and Mayorkas's abuse of immigration parole, allowing them to continue abusing parole and issuing work permits to any illegal alien who they claim has an urgent humanitarian reason to stay. The bill also would send billions of dollars of non-military humanitarian aid to Gaza and elsewhere without adequate safeguards that it won't be used for anti-American processes. And while the bill does, he concludes... Include needful, needful defense measures, especially replenishing our munition stockpiles. These parts can't outweigh the problems with the bill. Congress should separately and immediately take these steps to rebuild our military and defense industry. I thought it was quite clever by half, too clever by half for them to throw in Ukraine and Israel aid on this piece of legislation. Um, that, that's me talking. I'm done quoting Tom Cotton. 
as a friend of mine uh, said to me today on the phone, he said this business of requiring um, a threshold figure of 5,000 illegal immigrants on average for the week to grant the president authority to engage in stronger measures. So since when did we start pulling numbers out of the air that would trigger the actionable response to an illegal effort? On what other illegal thing can you think of us saying, well, if it happens five times, we'll get serious about it. If it happens 5,000 times, we'll get serious about it. This is all over an issue where the law specifies illegal immigration is just that, illegal. You guys are all about the prefixes to these words to help tell you what the word means. And, you know, as my truth is to the truth, that is to say destructive of it, Illegal immigration qualifies the kind of immigration we're talking about. Unlawful. Illegal. And, and, and nowhere until Senator James Lankford came along did anyone say, well, we'll tolerate 5,000 a week or 4,900 a week. Nowhere does any law school in this country teach that laws can be broken 3,999 times or 4,999 times or 5,000 times before they trigger any kind of response. And I bet you can search up and down and throughout chapter 8 of the U.S. Code, or frankly, I'll just go one better, any chapter of the U.S. Code that bars anything that allows a threshold number of violations. Oh, sure, there's a three strikes law, but that just means that the punishment is ever increasing. It's not that we're going to overlook your violation of the first two or the first 409.99. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. John Dombrowski brings us our culture and economy update. He is the president and founder of Grand Canyon Planning Associates. You can reach out to him and learn more about what Grand Canyon might be able to do for you by going to his website, grandcanyonplanning.com, grandcanyonplanning.com. Hello, John. How are you? Sergio, have a good weekend. Happy Monday. I did. Thank you. Did you yes. Go up, were you up in the snow? Um, actually, we we were up there. Uh, came home Saturday, but oh. uh, yeah, we did have a little bit of uh, weather up there. But I, you know, looks like there's more weather coming. That's for sure. This yeah. week, poor golfers. Yeah. <laughs> this week. Yeah. Poor with golfers. The, uh, uh, the the open that's being uh, held out here. So we're going to see what happens. All right, John, there's a few things that are kind of interesting to me. I was reading some reports in and wanted to run by you. U.S. services activity expands more than expected. Mm -hmm. This is interesting. Service sector accelerated faster than expected in January as employment trends improved and demand rebounded. I like that demand part. That's interesting to me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what's interesting? If you go to any of the malls right now, I mean, it's – 
you know, you go to Fashion Square Mall, I would just say. I don't know about all the malls across the country, but if you go to Fashion Square Mall out here or any of the – even some of the larger um, areas, say Desert Ridge or mm-hmm. whatever it might be, yep. good luck trying to find a parking space. Yep. Uh, it is busy, and, and that's what we're seeing. The, 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 there's no question the consumer is still – uh, spending money, and this is what um, basically you know this this report is. We're seeing that yes, uh, jobs we had a, a, a record number of jobs created, uh, but there are still some layoffs occurring. There's no question about it. Um, but what's interesting is is now we also saw you had a couple of things you sent over to me, which was uh, interest rates on home mortgages yes, as well. Yes, and yes, that's over all part 7% of percent now, right? Yeah, it's it's all part of this, right? Yeah. So we're seeing the economy stronger than what was expected. Uh, and that's kind of maybe a reason why the Fed hasn't, you know, made a decision to cut rates like many thought they would by now. Um, there's still talk about, um, you know, cutting rates maybe in the third quarter, not even in Q2 this year. Um, but, you know, if this economy stays as strong as it is right now and jobs uh, are still as strong as they are, um, the Fed is going to be less inclined to lower rates. And so we're seeing a spike in mortgage rates. And, yeah. you know, that in, indirectly is going to affect a lot of people, right, who yeah. are maybe trying to buy a home right yeah. now and trying to qualify. Yeah. You know, I'm thinking that through those two stories and the, and the, and the, and the as you put it, the, combina- the, the combining of them. More people spending. You can't find uh, parking spots in shopping centers or, uh, yeah, shopping malls. And yet, you know, a lot of things are out of reach, like a first home. Are we becoming increasingly two Americas, some with money and a lot without? I mean, it's interesting because you hear these stories. You see the service economy spiking back up, given demand, consumer demand. But then you read these stories about something like half of Americans or more than half of Americans don't have more yeah. than like 800 bucks in savings or something like that. I mean, uh, you just, I I just worry I about this. Huh? Yep. There's there's no question, Seth, that yeah. the cost uh, you know of inflation has really made an impact yeah. on a, a, a big uh, sector of of the the, the U.S. Um, population, yeah. and uh, that's gonna that's gonna be here for a while. That's not going away anytime soon. Even if inflation drops, um, you know, as quickly as many would like it to, uh, it's certainly not going to. The longer term effect is really what we need to be looking at for the average person out there, and with all of the uh, in influx of of people coming across the border, um, you know, and the government writing checks and giving, you know, or gift cards or whatever they're giving to the people coming across the border. I mean, that money can be used uh, much better ways than it's being used. Um, yeah, they're for making our a weird citizens. argument. Yeah, you're right. They're making a weird argument about it. I saw the mayor of New York making the argument. Yeah. You saw. Yeah, I think you're probably. You have that in the back of your mind and what you're saying, saying, yeah. well, no, no, no. These debit cards are good things because $11,000 <laughs> per, per migrant. Are you? <laughs> but it'll really? be spent in bodegas in New York, John. It's $11,000. I thought it's, it was $3,000. It's good. I for guess the inflation, economy. inflation's hitting the migrants. John, too. It is good for you. <laughs> missed economics class. It's good for the economy to oh take $11,000 from you. Give yeah. it to the government so they can turn it around and give it to someone else so that that someone else can spend it in the economy and thus spur it rather than you. Don't you? And did prob- you miss that class? Uh, you must guess, have missed that class. Yeah, I must have missed that All class right. because they need they need new yeah. sneakers so that they can <laughs> kick the police <laughs> with yeah, them, right? Also I that. mean, wow. Also it's that. unbelievable. Also that.
All right, oh, well, I shouldn't. Go Sorry ahead. about that. Yeah. All right, Securities and Advisory Services are through Creative One Securities LLC, a member of Fenrin Sipkin, an investment advisor, Green Canyon Plenty Associates LLC, and Creative One Securities LLC are not affiliated. Thanks, Seth. Talk tomorrow. Got it. Seth Leapson here from my friends on the Midas Gold Group War Room. The MAGA veterans at Midas point out that the Federal Reserve does not belong to you. It belongs to the Federal Reserve Bank, while the federal debt doesn't belong to the Federal Reserve Bank. That belongs to you. This is your wake-up call to what the Midas Gold Group veterans believe the central bank and government are trying to do, a controlled demolition of our current system with a central bank digital currency to take complete and utter control of our transactional freedoms. Protect yourself. Turn this wake-up call into a phone call to the veteran-owned Midas Gold Group at 480-360-3000 or go to MidasGoldGroup.com. That's 480-360-3000 or MidasGoldGroup.com. Always faithful. Midas Gold Group MAGA and proud of it. MidasGoldGroup.com. We had a caller, right? Well, you know, I will say this. If I understood the heat dropped, but if I understood the point he was making, um, Lankford, uh, Senator Lankford is entering territory here that, it, you know, you wonder if people ever learn less the lesson. Who has in the Republican Party propelled these kind of non, shall we say, non-wall-based solutions and done well. The highway is littered with senators who have tried to do this. John McCain had a lot of work to do to overcome McCain-Kennedy. Marco Rubio had a lot of work to do to overcome joining the Gang of Eight on this stuff, as it was called back then. And um, now Jim Lankford, over in the House, Paul Ryan, had a lot of work to do to overcome his reputation for being soft on the issue of illegal immigration. If you want to hear almost everything you need to know about this, go to Hugh Hewitt's radio show website, and either read the transcript or listen to his interview this morning from Jim Lankford, James Lankford. I say James Lankford because it's very clear he doesn't want to be called Jim. He made that very clear to Hugh Hewitt. It was odd. That having been said, it was odd, too, how he said, we are Americans, we can do anything. As a friend of mine said, who also heard the interview, what a statement against interest. What a statement against interest, because it led Hugh to say, then why didn't you put a wall in there? Well, da, 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 wait, I thought we could do anything. We're Americans. But you know what? The rhetorical point aside, he had, if you read the interview or listen to it, No hard explanations for questions that naturally arise from this piece of legislation. Why are ankle bracelets, for example, funded at twice the price tag, $1.3 billion for ankle bracelets, 
than the extension of a wall that's already been authorized. In other words, why do ankle bracelets get more money and attention than the meager amount they're spending, $650 million, for the wall? It makes no sense. It raises a lot of questions. It raises an awful lot of questions. And if you want to know why people can't make sense of their government anymore to the degree that they can't, you have to be very concerned about the notion that they're throwing foreign and military aid into a piece of legislation that we thought ostensibly was about protecting this country at its most vulnerable point, its border. Yes, foreign and military aid to allies can be considered defense of this country, but not in respect to the very real problem we have in this world. What a dumb, who put this up earlier today? Maybe Will Chamberlain. Because you now hear the Democrats saying, well, we have to pass this. We have to pass this because there's a border problem. Democrats in 2021, the border is secure. Democrats in 2022, the border is secure. Democrats in 2023, say it with me, Bill, the border is secure. Come February of 2024, holy smokes, the border is out of control and it requires every Republican to get on board and put billions of dollars into ankle bracelets and a few hundred million dollars into a wall that is already been authorized but that the president hasn't spent money on and a new interpretation of asylee and asylum law. And if you don't do it, you're the ones responsible for what will come, the whirlwind that will come from increased border insecurity. That's where we're at right now. That's where we're at. 2021, nothing to see here, all's fine. 2022, nothing to see here, all's fine. 2023, nothing to see here, all's fine. 2024, my God, we have a crisis and the Republicans are dragging their feet on it. H.R. 2, passed last year by a Republican House of Representatives, sits on Chuck Schumer's desk. Sits on Chuck Schumer's desk from inaction. From inaction. And Karin Jean-Pierre has repeatedly, whenever asked about immigration, said, well, if the Republicans would only work with the Democrats. Well, that is the conceit that James Lankford fell for, because now he has given her that talking point in great volume, to be deployed at great volume. Because, as I said, none of the famous Republican senators and the Speaker of the House of Representatives have said it's dead on arrival. And now Karen Jean-Pierre can go about saying, we could have had border security but for Republicans because no one is going to read the bill and no one is going to read the interpretation of how meager this bill would mean and how much power it gives enforcement to not only Joe Biden, not only Secretary Mayorkas, not only Merrick Garland, 
but those wonderful courts in Washington, D.C., who get to interpret it. I'm Seth Liebson. We'll be right back. Portions of the show brought to you by our good friends at Y-Refi, where they give you peace of mind with the investment they have available to you in a secure and collateralized portfolio where there is no attack on principle. If you ever need your money back, of course, you would get a monthly statement with no surprises, absolutely no fees, and where you can turn your income on or off or compound it, whatever you like. Best of all, you can earn up to a 10.25% fixed rate of return, and it's not correlated to the stock market or the Federal Reserve. Why? Refi is local. Their offices are on Chauncey Lane in North Phoenix. You can visit with them. I've been there any number of times. When you do, you won't get a sales pitch. You won't be asked to sign anything. If you play trumpet, Don might offer you up one of his. Or you can check them out online at investyrefi.com. That's invest, the letter Y, then refy.com, or call 888-YREFI-24. What do you want to talk about, David? you want to talk about your new shirt? Do you want to talk about Brigadoon? What's on your mind? Do you want to talk about the great haircut you're going to get tonight? Oh, my gosh, the great haircut. Yeah. How do we know that it's going to be great? I know who's cutting it. We know that it's going to be great? Yeah. Yeah? yeah. What if What if I tell her to just shave it all off? No, 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 no. Crazy. Just to, to tell her, don't give her any instruction. You just say. No instruction necessary. Yeah, no one, no one, no one told Van Gogh or Da Vinci how to paint, or no one told you know Maynard Ferguson how to play. Yeah, and, yeah, and, and look where well, look where Van Gogh ended up. People sing songs about his paintings. Yeah, after the fact, we all are ending up there, David. Yes, uh, news to you. Yes, news, news to me. You. News yeah. to me. Sure, we could talk about my shirt if you want. Uh, well, well, you couldn't stop talking about it earlier. I was I was amazed at this great deal I got. I went to a local antique store, or thrift store is probably the better term, in Tempe, Arizona, here locally, and I found a silk Neiman Marcus short sleeve sweater. Is it a good store? Cool $2. store. Two dollars thirty four cents. Is it a cool store? You want to put in a word for him? Uh, it's a, it's a national chain. Oh, okay. Then uh, so I don't know yeah. that it would be. Nah, it's, it's, yeah, you know, we we, we support local. Of, yeah, we like we like our local places. Yeah. Yeah. Though they are celebrating their fiftieth anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> We're got a lot more to do next hour, but you can call in if you like six zero two five zero eight zero nine six zero. I'm Seth Liebson, and we'll be right back. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. 